You're listening to the Maritime Milsim Podcast, brought to you by Tier 1 Scenarios, MagFed Maker, Nova Tactical Designs, Jester's Tactical Sports Center, and Ripple Industries, specializing in MagFed paintball from tactical gear to equipment. You know what? To hell with it. We'll just roll with it. We're going to make it happen. So, welcome everyone to episode 74 of the Maritime Milsim Podcast. I'm your host, Hooligan. Uh, with me, I have uh, Guardian from the team MSOB. Good evening, everyone. He changed it up. <laughs> wow, look at that. You'll so, have to add that one to your soundboard. Yeah, I'll have to add that to the <laughs> Damn it. That's how you know I'm actually here. I'm not a recording. Yeah. No, that part's recorded. And we have... Uh, <laughs> um, We've got uh, Tuna and Matt. Hello. We, we need a call sign for you, Matt. We're going to have to call I like glucose. I liked glucose. Glucose. Oh. <laughs> Borbo or? Uh, oh, I forget now. Uh, <laughs> quick side note. If anyone's ever looking for a call sign, just type in call sign generator. You can get a Top Gun call sign generator website, and it comes up with the dumbest yeah, stuff. But, oh, my God, is it funny. You'll be thoroughly disappointed. <laughs> Right. I kind of want to change mine to glucose now. <laughs> I'm going to have to find out if anyone else has it, though. Rogue, rogue glucose. He's not even on a scale. Call sign glucose because you're just that sweet. <laughs> <laughs> and then you'll need a nemesis called pen, uh, uh, insulin. Cryobetes, that'll be my name. <laughs> oh, that's mean, but funny. Uh, so okay, so we we've brought on Tuna and Matt uh, to talk about uh, Platoon Leader. They went to a big Magfed game yes. uh, called Platoon Leader. So we'll get to that in a minute. First, let's talk uh, Tuna. How long have you been paintballing? So I've been paintballing uh, back in the sport for about two years now. Uh, been Magfed pretty much the whole way. Sort of transitioned right from a rental marker into an M17, and haven't looked back. I uh, used to play a bit when I was younger. Lived out in Calgary. And uh, played a bit more of the speedball type there, but uh, sort of now switched over and haven't really looked back. Aw, you're just a youngin' in the sport of paintball. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. <laughs> oh, cool. So you said uh, the M17, so so you're a MagFed player? I am, yeah, yes. It's uh, pretty much a one-marker man at the moment. Well, that and a couple of pistols that I'll switch up with depending which one's uh, working that day. But, uh, Monogamy sucks. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm still... Uh, you know, I, I don't even want to say the words Milsig pistol, but a, a third option would be uh, pretty great. <laughs> you know, it'll happen. I mean, I, it'll have to be stupidly large to fit the heat, uh, to fit the heat core, but they will find a way. Oh, I don't. I don't even know. I think I'll, I'm probably like blacklisted from the Milsig ownership by the time anyone listens to that, even bringing up the Milsig pistol. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's uh, no. I absolutely love playing Magfed. Uh, you know, really enjoy it, and uh, pretty much my first times coming out to the field. I met Guardian and the guys, and uh, managed to become a rookie on the team for the MML, and competed with you and everybody else, and uh, you know, really had a great time and. Now I'm just dreaming for more uh, competition magpet. Yeah, you're going to have to keep on dreaming. I know, another year to wait, and uh, it's too bad, but you know what? I think we've got a couple, you know, magpet keeps growing this year, and uh, even in the year off, I'm, I'm hoping we can be adding teams. And, uh, you know, we went, they went from five to eight, and if we can get up to 10 or even 12 teams for this year, or for next year, I should say, uh, it would be awesome growth for the sport. Yeah, the, Absolutely. The, 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 the competitive stuff is great. But it's just, it needs so much logistics behind it, mm. so much. Yeah. And 
I must be honest here, refing a woods ball field is damn near impossible compared to refing a speedball field. Uh, I remember even for the first event that uh, I attended, the first one last year, and we were playing at uh, a field, and they were like, here are your refs, they're two 14-year-old airsofters who have never played ball before, and we're like, oh, okay, do they not, have they read the rules or anything? And they're like, well, I mean, they've seen paintball be refed before, we're like, thought <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah, you, know, you, get yeah, that that you, you know, you get what you pay for, I guess, at that point. And uh, we definitely had some issues that day. And But yep. it sounds like that they're going to be working forward to that. And I think there's one or two guys who might be stepping up to uh, take the plate for, you know, being dedicated refs and helping assist English Dave and, uh, you know, making sure that the games run smoothly because everyone loves the format. And you're right, it's just, the, you know, the sort of challenges that come with trying to ref and play right. on a bigger field than you're you know, 50 feet by 200 feet speedball field. Right, exactly. And you don't have to worry about trees or trenches or uh, crazy-ass bunkers and all that. So. Yeah, exactly. Well, uh, it'll all come around, I'm sure. I'm sure it will come around. Absolutely. Okay. Um, now, Matt, how long have you been paintball? Come this summer, it'll be 10 years. 2006, the summer of having a casual frequent player riding the, uh, the Tittman train. Oh, up up until uh, yeah, up until the SMG at Operation Fulcrum. Really, yeah, one of the best decisions I made. Yeah, absolutely. Nice. So you just bought it at the game. Well, it took buying a uh, a lemon of a um, a Takamo kit for the uh, the A5. I bought a, a mag kit for it, and like I said, it was a lemon, and I didn't realize so until I got to the event after driving halfway across the country. So I just doubled down and got the SMG. There you go. Yeah. Right. That's it. <laughs> I know your pain. I was an uh, early adopter of the original MegFed Takamo, Takamo kit. Yeah. I mean, I haven't done thorough um, troubleshooting. I, I believe that a firm grease job may fix my issues, but just just haven't had the time. Right. Yeah. Well, you know, it happens. Yeah. You get that, that one time, and it's just like, well, didn't work. Yeah. So, yep. That sucks, but, you know. Yeah. So uh, you're, uh, you're what, MegFed? Specifically, make for the player. As of now, yes, and I just recently acquired a, a T81 from uh, Guardian. Ooh, yes, yeah, so. not a bad marker. No, it's it's great. That's where mine came from too. <laughs> <laughs> if anyone else is looking for pistols or other make fed gear, get a hold of your local Guardian. <laughs> uh, <laughs> nice markers. I can't use them though. The grips are too big for my hands. I have. Uh, you got the trouble. It sounds wrong to say I have small hands. I've got baby. I'm there with you, man. I got baby hands, but right? I cope. I'm five foot seven. I'm not a. I, I'm not like a big burly guy. Yeah. <laughs> like, I just dwarf. I just hold it. Hold it like a Big Mac. <laughs> <laughs> hold it like a Big Mac. That's the best quote from someone we've interviewed yet. <laughs> I just hold it. Like that that might outdo oxidization. <laughs> <laughs> That's going on a patch. I hold it like a big. Segue. Woo! All right. Yeah, that is going on a patch. That is a hell of an idea. We're doing that. Uh, okay, so so we brought uh, Tuna and Matt on because they traveled to the uh, the platoon leader game, which is uh, held at uh, a place called Command Decisions War Game Center or CDWC. Uh, they are. Uh, one hell of a field. They do everything, like literally everything. They have uh, just a general paintball to police and military training, team building. They got a store. 
the field is huge. 70 acres, 10 bases, a simulated city, a fort, and a helipad. What more could you ask for? <laughs> it's the Disneyland of paintball. Sounds it. The only thing that's missing is Wi-Fi. <laughs> yeah. You tweet on the go. I mean, there are towers there. Just the wrong kind. <laughs> and they have a... They have a paintball sniper camp. That is... That's something we're going to bring them on to chat about, I think. We're going, yeah. to, we're going to try and uh, get hold of them. The last day of the event, and unfortunately we uh, didn't stick around for that one, having to travel all the way back home, but they actually combined the platoon leader event with the uh, sniper competition. or uh, And uh, it was pretty crazy from what I heard, and it sounds like the same guys won for the last three years in a row using uh, SAR 12s. And it, it's not just like, you know, there's a target downrange 100 yards, you know, who can hit it first. It's like a sniper and a spotter, and they have to run through doing, like, courses where, you know, they'll say, you know, run on this, uh, you know, 500-meter track, and in the woods there will be targets to hit, or, you know, clearing rooms and making room for the sniper. It's a pretty, like, there's six different parts to it, and if I uh, manage to have a star 12 for next year, I'll probably be sticking around for it. Yeah. Cool. Might have to try and hit that up. I'm definitely going to next year. There we go. That's what I want to do. Right. We'll do this. It'll be good. We need we need one more guy so we can do a sniper team. Yeah. We'll find it. That is... Uh, damn, that is cool. I, you always hear the airsofters doing that, right? They've got like the sniper competitions, and they take that hardcore. Just ridiculous. And uh, it's cool to see it coming to paintball. Yeah, it was pretty wild. The, uh, the guys in the platoon leader event, a lot of them, there were a lot of SAR-12s around, and one of the crazy parts was is that... Uh, those with a sniper card were actually allowed to chrono with first strikes up to 300 feet per second. So yeah. hitting yeah, only at like 100, right? I think there was a from our uh, player in our uh, squad, the Bulldogs, actually managed to score a kill on the, basically the enemy general, and I, they, they lasered it in at 106 yards. <sighs> wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I'm reading through this. We're taking a total segue here. Cause oh, oh can, I, can, I, can I just point on the SAR-12 before you segue? Sorry. <laughs> I had my buttstock of my SMG blown out from a star round. That's how powerful they were. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was pretty wild when you heard them come over your head you could really, you know, you could, you could hear and feel that 300 feet per second. Not that, you know, no one was lacerated at any time and there were no FSR injuries at all, but it was just a blast. Like it really gave you the feeling, not only that whistling, I mean, if it hit the wild behind you, you, you fucking heard it. Like it yeah. was, so they had a they they were effective marksmen. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's really cool. Now, this competition, this is how hardcore these people are for this comp. Now we're talking just a sniper competition because it's it's just targets. They're not shooting at people. It's one team at a time, from what I can tell. And uh, uh, paintball mess are optional for the Sunday main event. That's what they say. You don't have to wear your paintball mask when you're doing the target shooting. That's how serious they take this. It was actually switched up this year. They, yep. uh, from what I heard, there was a game where there's a Sim City, and they had targets walking around with different identification on them. And there was a scramble on the field. You had to identify which targets were the enemies, and then there was some sort of transition where they would all come out at once, and you had to discern what your targets were and take them out accordingly without any collateral damage. That's what I heard. One of the one of the events for the sniper challenges were. And that That's sounded cool. that sounded really cool. 
That is really neat. Yeah. Damn, I gotta, I gotta get there. I gotta see this. <laughs> I don't even care if I can, if I'm not allowed to compete. I don't care. I come in last place. Doesn't matter. I gotta it. see this. It's a spectacle. Well, and the right, best part exactly. is, it's you know, next year if they keep the same format, it's basically Friday is paintball. You know, uh, Saturday is the main platoon leader event for you know the full immersion Milsim. And then Sunday's the sniper comp. So, I mean, if you're going to pick a weekend where you can kind of do it all, it's pretty much it. Wicked. And I don't know what I'm doing next year. Oh, I don't even know if I'll have a job next year. So I might not have to book any time off. It'll be great. <laughs> <laughs> that makes it really easy. <laughs> Got to see the plus side and everything. Silver yeah. lining. Depressingly beautiful. <laughs> I mean, you could even start hiking there, to, you know, cut down on cost. Right? If I leave now. <laughs> uh, you know it's only in north carolina yeah exactly i'll take the car halfway and then i'll sell it for uh for money for paint <laughs> for <laughs> first <laughs> <laughs> yeah um uh, fantastic okay guys so let's talk uh let's talk everything i want to know everything not just the event i want to know about everything from from the time you left your experience is going how was <laughs> How was getting through the airports? Because I've, I've seen a lot of people prepping for uh, games down in the States, and they were just short of spray painting their markers orange. Two and take it. All right. Uh, I'd say that this, for the three of us, I mean, it was actually uh, it was uh, Matt and I and Josh McCarty who went down as a group. And it was actually Josh's first time traveling to the U.S. So, you know, we, you know he wanted to make sure everything went well. And uh, we you know, all sort of crashed and went out one vehicle out. Early morning, got there, no big deal at all. We show up, do our own little check-in on the machines, on the kiosk, go up to the, the person there and let them know that, you know, we have to go over the heavy luggage because we're traveling with paintball equipment. And that's sort of my big tagline there. People like to, you know, remind you, obviously, not to say paintball gun at any point, but uh, paintball marker even. Uh, I just say paintball equipment, and no one really knows, like, what the hell they should do at that point. So... You just head over to the oversized luggage, drop it off there, let the security person know that you've done, you know, basically the one thing you have to do when traveling is make sure you've got your regs, regulators off your air tanks. And no 12 grams for, I mean, the same reason. No pressurized stuff in your bag. So, right, unless you want to bring the plane down. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, I mean, other than that, it's, I mean, that's really your only thing. You let them know. I mean, most of the time the security guards, I hate to say, you know, our security might not be all that great, but most of them really have no idea what they're looking for. So if you just tell them, I've got the regs off the tanks and there's nothing compressed, they're like, okay, throw it to the right. scanner. All three of our bags went through. I mean, we've all got, and, you know, mil, uh, milsim markers from pistols all the way up to, you know, SMPs, CQCs. Not an issue. Yeah. And I had probably the most suspicious loadout for travel, and I had didn't even have my bags gone through. I had a like an extra large um, assault like assault tote, and uh, I had a machined metal crombit like a trainer, and yeah, no questions, no scans, no notices that my bag was gone through. It was a breeze. Except for Josh. Josh got it when the TSA yeah. went through his shit, but that was it. <laughs> <laughs> Well, he probably looked. That was like, more of a Josh thing. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. But, and then honestly, on the way back, it was even easier. They didn't even have an oversized luggage, so we walked up to the counter, like, "Hey, we're traveling with paintball equipment." And they're like, "Just throw it on the cart, and it'll go in with everything else." Get to the other side, no issues at all. So I think as long as you don't make a big deal about it, 
most people, I mean, they don't come across it very often. So if you don't make a big deal about it, they don't make a big deal about it. And honestly, uh, you know, we haven't had, I've, this is, you know, numerous flights with uh, WestJet and uh, even American Airlines. And honestly, no one has really cared much at all. Yeah. And to add to that, like, like you mentioned, going through, as long as you act like you know what you're doing, you're calm, you're not worried about anything. They're not going to pick up on anything. They're not going to question you. And I've got family who's, who, who, well, at one point he was running uh, security for an airport. And these people know what a gun looks like in an x-ray machine. Yeah. Right? So just because you're a Milsig M17 or your MaxTax TGR2 or your RAP4468, whatever, it goes through. Yeah, they'll see the outline. But as soon as they see those internals, they know that's not a real firearm because a real firearm doesn't have an expansion chamber in it for, for air. Right? It's, it doesn't work like that. Exactly. I can see how you can be confused with the T68, but other markers, absolutely. Yeah, and uh, the materials will be different. Like, these X-ray machines are far more sophisticated than anyone realizes. Uh, far more sophisticated than I'm allowed to know about because I asked much questions and then he told me to stop asking questions. Yeah, and I feel like more the the only issues that really come up have to do more with uh, customs relating to like the one to one or the replica firearms. So uh, bringing them in and out of the country. So um, honestly, yeah. When we flew from end of the U.S., when we went through customs both times, we didn't even have our main luggage with us, so there wasn't even an opportunity for customs when we said we were traveling for paintball to be like, you know, can I see you here, open up your bag? It's already, you know, on the carousel going around somewhere else. So it's, uh, I mean, there's really, you know, if you, if you manage to just go to the oversized luggage with your gear, if they have it, and just talk to the one security person there, I mean, there's not really, you know, there's no really chance for the airline to, you know, figure out what gear you have over something else. I mean, it's, yep. um, yeah. And everything is scanned and they see it, they know what it is. Like, exactly. Like, I, I only take the barrel out. Like, I take the barrel and the mag out. You know, I mean, I my, my ATS stock is on, like my shroud's still on. It doesn't, you know, you don't have to strip it down to like its springs and parts or anything like that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> You're like, you put, a, you put a paintball gun under an x-ray machine um, and, and they're going to look at that and they're going to realize that very few people own a firearm that fires 68 caliber. Like, <laughs> it was a little too big. To be doing anything, right? So they're gonna see that. So biggest thing is just be calm, don't panic. Oh, yeah. Confidence is key. Exactly. I went to the airport and I did the same thing. I went over and I went to the X-ray machine and to the oversized. They said uh, any explosives, any firearms, any compressed air. I said no. I said it's it's paintball equipment. He goes, uh huh. Doesn't even just goes uh huh and throws my bag <laughs> through the X-ray machine. Yeah. <laughs> like okay, cool. Good thing that's not fla- fragile. And, but you just got to be calm. So okay, so you made it no problem through the uh, through the big scary customs, and, which seem to be a lot of people uh, worried about. So that's good to know. That is good to know. I've only ever heard of it being an issue when you're shipping items. For actually taking items in and out of the country, it seems to be uh, I think fine. Where you're you're able to talk to them and you know. Yeah, there are a lot more skeptical items going through the mail because. Yeah. It's if you're uh, if you're transporting illegal items, then it's it's a little easier to ship it from an anonymous address than yeah you know oh I got caught oh well you know it's 
rather than being down on your body. I think part of it maybe as well. I mean, we managed to, you know, we were going to, uh, I know it might be state by state for some of the rules. I've heard they might be a little harsher in California. I mean, we were in North Carolina and getting off the airplane to go to the rental car. The only sign on the outside of the store is no concealed firearm. You know, I think most of the people there would definitely know the difference between a real firearm and a paintball firearm because they likely own a real firearm as well. So it was, uh, yeah, traveling with it was a breeze. Getting, you know, getting through was very easy. So let's go with, uh, so you get there, you get to the airlines, you show up. So what was your first, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Compression. Uh, first impressions. Thank you. First impression uh, of the event when you got there. Go for it, Matt. My first impression. Oh man, it was just. I just couldn't wait for the the briefing to start. I wasn't sure if we were walking into a live action role play or I was. It was just I don't know, pure confusion, man. I was just waiting for it to happen because I had a feeling we were going to walk into this. Just you know. Like I said, live action role play, but uh, it was pretty casual. There was a few people engaged in their characters, some some drill sergeant mentalities to get us going, get us registered. It was pretty fun, but uh, no nah, man, it was it was a great atmosphere. Everybody was very very mature and just just there to you know be immersed in in the event, and it was great to see that. And it was easy. It was easy to get immersed. I I didn't see myself going there and like getting into character, but uh, that's not what happened because it was, it was fairly casual. But uh, yeah, no, I was just very pleased with the uh, the atmosphere. Man, well, that's good. Good to know that it wasn't super, uh, like you said, uh, larpy. Yeah, larpy. Hey, man, to each their own. Right, nothing wrong with larping. Nope. Nothing wrong with nope. it. I got I got friends who do uh, who do larping, and, and they take it seriously. And there's there's no shame in it. But at the same time, if I'm going to go play paintball, I, I'm always a little worried about somebody being a little too hardcore. Yeah. See, that would be me in a LARP because I, I train some Filipino martial arts, so I just I just go ham. <laughs> right. <laughs> and everyone goes soft and you suddenly have broken three people. <laughs> yeah, no, it was me because you could tell a lot of the people who were organizing it were either current or former military. So, you know, they did know how to, you know, actually do a squad briefing. And, you know, things like that. Like, it actually... And, I mean, in some ways, in the beginning, it kind of ran like you'd expect a military exercise, too, which was a little unorganized to start. Just, I mean, it poured rain when we first were first pulling up and uh, kind of threw everybody off a little bit. But it was... I mean, they had everything from the big military tent set up with, you know, we were basically, like, sleeping under a 20 by 40 military tent with, like, 15 other guys, like, going from the, you know, game to the night game getting like four hours, five hours of sleep. We're having to get up to start the briefing in the morning. And like, it was just, it, it was, you know, it was immersive without being over the top. That's, you know, kind of the nice part about it. That's, that's the key. That sounds just really fun. Yeah. yeah I, I should have touched on that. I was really impressed with the, the professional communication. You know, everything was so concise to me. It seemed like we were the only ones without any exposure to the military, to be honest. Like, Yeah. Just, I was blown away by the radio communications that went on. Yeah, like when they were using, like, you know, radios weren't just like, yo, Jim, there's guys over here. It was like, you know, pretty pretty legit. I mean, most of, you know, a lot of the guys using the radios to command were genuine RTOs at one point or had at least gone through the training for it. So it was, uh, you know, it was pretty neat where you get in a situation and you would have like a, you know, we had a fire team leader, you know, 
and uh, you know, for our group of four or five, and uh, then you know, then we had our platoon leader, and of course, all the way back up to command. So we get in a situation where you know we basically had a hostage exchange, and you just you know you'd run it by the squad leader, and you'd hear him hop on the radio, and it, you know he'd be explaining it up, and I mean it, it seemed you know it's pretty realistic. It was pretty a neat way of doing it. You know, we weren't always just, it wasn't just a paintball game where, like, oh, there's the enemy, just dump every paintball you have. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Everyone's shooting that general direction. Exactly. So there was a, you know, there's a lot of times where, you know, you would see the enemy, but you'd hold back and, you know, make sure, you know, radio it in, let people know what was going on, and then see if you could make your move. Yeah, and, and that was us, because for whatever reason, with our squad, we were on Bulldog Marines 3, the third the third uh, squad in the platoon, and we were always leading each engagement. Like, we were always the first ones in. You knew that, Blake, right? Like, Yeah, yeah, we were on point each time. And partly it was a couple of the guys we were squatted up with. Where a few of our SAR-12 gunners were uh, getting a little long in the tooth, you know, got, got a little more gray hair than I do. So I was glad that, you know, they made use of uh, us. You know, we like to play, you know, we're, we're pretty up at the front. And so it was nice to be kind of utilized in the way you'd like. And then I even found out that they were actually running the Marine squad in front of the Ranger squad. So we pretty much were the, the tip of the spear at a lot of the time. And it, it meant for that, you know, even in a game that you're not supposed to be toe-to-toe all the time, we certainly got into quite a few good gun battles. And it was uh, pretty heart-pounding at points, that's for sure. Absolutely. Wait, so so these names, you, you mentioned Marine and Ranger. Are they just names they pick because they sound cool? Or are we talking like... You had Marines, and then you had Rangers. Well, yeah, yeah, exactly how you say. And there's mandatory camo loadouts. So there's like I think there's four squads of Marines, and then there is what was it like four or five Delta uh, Rangers. Yeah, I think it was something like that. But yeah, it was uh, it was the two 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 platoons on our side, and then there was Mexican cartel and their privately um, contracted militia. And uh, we were out, we outnumbered them by I think twenty to thirty, but they always had the advantage point because like if this situation was was real, we would be on their turf, you know, coming yeah, at them. They're they're defending they're exactly. Dig in exactly. Yeah. And it was it was so easy to identify enemies if they're obviously in in, in sight because of the camouflage, right? We had uh, Marpat. Um, what camo did the Delta Marines have? The eight color multicam. So. Yeah, multicam. So, I mean, you would just see somebody, there was no, like, is he on my side? What color is his armband? You know, it was like, okay, they're, you know, they're Marines, they're Rangers. And if you saw anybody in jeans or casual clothes, meant they were Shot on the them. cartel side. And yeah, exactly. We were, uh, you know, when you did see them and you could, even if we could identify uh, Runaway, which was the commanding general, it was, you know, basically don't bother to radio it in, just hit him if you get the chance. So yeah. it, was, it was pretty fun. And I actually got to be... Uh, EOD or explosives and uh, even got to go through a little bit of training for it beforehand <laughs> which was pretty cool the day before and then uh, there was a few missions where it came up but uh, I wasn't able to make it to the objective in one and I was given a bunch of grenades which was pretty cool like actually like kind of like like thunder uh, bees but they were more just like uh, a large stick that you would kind of ignite and then chuck and, uh, but I never actually, I kind of blanked whenever we were in like a zone that it could have worked cause I'd never used them before, but I had them in my pocket. And so I ended up not using them all for the day. So at the end I kind of felt bad. I gave them back to the commander. I was like, yeah, I guess I could have used these, but I uh, totally forgot. <laughs> it's my bad. It's, it's all, my, they, uh, 
my 30 minute crash course of training just didn't kick in during the firefights. <laughs> from, from my understanding, what they accomplished was if, uh, if Tuna were to, if we were getting rushed and they were approaching a bridge, we could take out the bridge to stop them, right? So if we, if we did so, they would have to have an engineer come, come in and, and build a new bridge, which would take so much time. So that's, that's the potential they had. Yeah, so okay. it was pretty neat. It was like a good way to get immersed. I mean, everything from the sniper cards they had, because it was limited loadout, you could uh, a rifleman could only take out uh, 200 rounds. Uh, a, uh, but they did have heavy gunner rolls, like anything like a die dam box mag, you know, uh, anything like that could carry 600 rounds. So, well, none of us really at first owned like uh, uh, you know any box mags. Uh, Reggie uh, Burgess, if I'm saying his last name right, uh, was our basically platoon leader. And he was like, well, I've got a couple of die dams with box mags. I'll just hand them out. So he basically just handed <laughs> die dams with box mags to players to try to make sure that we had like our heavy gunner rolls filled. So it was, I mean, it was pretty sweet, but uh, I think the majority of the people were running first strikes. And I know Matt, Josh and I were pretty keen on using our own gear. Like most people are. So we stuck with just the rifleman rolls for the most part. Okay. That works. And, Matt seems to have muted himself. Oh, sorry. I was just, uh, just <laughs> yeah. First oh, strikes. Whole, first strikes. Oh yeah, Matt. No, no, I, I was there. I was listening the entire time. <laughs> <laughs> I've got some allergies, so uh, you have to excuse me. I will mute myself when I sneeze and cough. Perfect. I'm not going to. I'm just going to sneeze and cough and snarl oh, into, the, into the mic. So how rude. Because I'm completely unprofessional. <laughs> what was that about first strike? So you mentioned. Uh, yeah, um, I mean, it just comes down to my ignorance. Ultimately, like if I was more active in the uh, the paintball community in the forums, I would have known that uh, first strikes, Zetas, and SMGs do not get along. So just sheer ignorance. But uh, yeah, I had a hell of a time with uh, breaches. Yeah. Yeah. That. That sucks. It's, yeah. But it's, I was I was smart enough to just let it go and, and not entertain the idea too long. I just made the switch to round ball and just enjoy the you know enjoy the event. Yeah, and that's that's the key. Yeah. If it ain't working, yeah, make it work. I mean, Find a way to make it work. When you travel that distance, you can't have you know yes. the mechanical issues that we're so familiar with at our local fields that just ruin the day. Yeah, you just yeah. got to power through it. Yeah, yeah. Right, and it's not that big of a deal. It's like, oh, my marker won't use first strikes. Well, that's a damn shame. Yeah. I guess you have to switch over Next. to paintball. Yeah. <laughs> that's just you it. Know? And right. round balls are flawless in the Zetas, so I've got nothing to complain about. Right. you got no problems. So yeah. That's pretty sweet. Uh, and it sounds like you guys had a hell of a time. Uh, what's, uh, let's hear some highlights. Let's hear some, uh, some of those moments that you were on the field that you thought, sort of thought to yourself, like, I'm going to tell this story when I get home. <laughs> Uh, Blake, you want to go first? Sorry, Tony. Uh, yeah, sure. I, uh, Josh and I had a really good one where uh, it actually was what I brought up earlier with the uh, uh, hostage exchange. And we basically took uh, a small fort, kind of what you'd kind of think of, you know, Vietnam style on the top of a hill and uh, found some enemies kind of down in the open, but about 100 yards out in their own little village. And uh, after clearing out a few guys, including uh, a couple nice first strike headshots, uh, we managed to, we, you know, chatted, they yelled across the field that they wanted to exchange, uh, he, you know, the cartel's brother for a hostage they had of ours, they had captured a Delta Ranger and uh, wanted to do an exchange and, you know, they gave us two hours. So instead of doing the exchange, it was our, uh, you know, our squad's job to head over and try to flank them all the way around the 70 acre field. So basically <laughs> doing a huge trek around the side, coming through 
but it meant crossing. If you've ever seen the map for uh, command decisions, there's a section that they call the DMZ, and what it is, it's just like you would see in any woods where the power lines come through. Yeah. They, they you know strip back about fifty to hundred feet wide of trees, so you basically have this forest that's got this border running down the middle, and so we we push through down and. Uh, managed to get a decent squad of us, about eight or nine of us, and a group of rangers that went about 100 yards up the trail and popped a couple smoke grenades, stormed over the line. Uh, Josh and I broke a little bit to the left and covered that flank and actually got separated from pretty much everybody else. A lot of players got hit on their rush through the smoke. And just battling out from there, I caught a couple players uh, just running down the hill to flank who didn't know Josh and I taking to the left. And they and the best part was is that the second guy, we couldn't determine whether we hit him or not. So there we are in the woods, all by ourselves, the two of us, surrounded by cartel who are uh, speaking Spanish to each other to try to keep us out of the loop. Wait, these guys are actually speaking Spanish? Yes, they were. Most of them speaking Spanish. Like almost That's all hardcore. And uh, I know a little bit of Spanish from doing some traveling, but I'm obviously very rusty, so it didn't help me out too much. You don't know your tactical Spanish. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I'm like, if they were telling me where the store was or where to get a beer, I'd be all right. <laughs> what do you think he's saying? I don't know. Something about like the, the bread, milk. I don't know. It was. Yeah. And I mean, the, the best part was that the, the second guy here, we, it was, uh, you know, we still had, it was, you know, crazy heat that day. There was a little bit of, you know, fog just inevitable being on the field for hours at a time. And uh, so we weren't sure if, uh, you know, we had clipped this guy. And so we waited five minutes and nothing. So we're like, okay, you know, maybe he's tucked away. We move slowly, wait another kind of five minutes, nothing. We're like, all right, he's got to be gone. So about five minutes later, Josh and I are alone just holding this bridge in basically enemy territory. And a squad of rangers, teammates, you know, starts rolling up to us. And we're like, fucking thank God, we've got a little bit of backup. Lo and behold, <laughs> the one dude's been hiding behind the bush for 20, 20 fucking minutes. I went through on my camera. 20 minutes pops up and eliminates two of them and i managed to crack him with another headshot with another strike. <laughs> and he comes over and we you know who of us were left alive just started laughing and you know joked around gave each other high fives like that was the best part there was just great sportsmanship ton of respect all around and uh after that our basically our delta squad left us and josh and i are left alone in the woods essentially they figure out where we are so a squad just descends on us and Josh is covering me. He's telling me when somebody's coming up to bunker me and I managed to clip a guy and the squad just keeps rushing in. And I get all the way down until I'm out of air, pull out the pistol and charge and <laughs> try to surrender somebody and just get lit the fuck up. Like, <laughs> <laughs> shots everywhere. Oh, you know, even like five seconds later, there was just that solid headshot right to the face just to make sure I was like truly out and dead. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's tough. And then the best part is you've got about a mile walk yeah. uphill yeah. in 25-degree heat back to the respawn. Oh, the hell with that. That's when I just pull out the role-playing and I lay down and go, I'm deadly. <laughs> <laughs> get, a, get, a, get a stretcher out here. Bring me back home. Yeah. That LZ would have been handy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, that was definitely a highlight for me. I mean, it's not often you get, you know, any sort of round where you get kind of like a you know, you're an eight sort of kill streak and have it to be in sort of a real, you know, role playing or, you know, a Milson style game. It was just an experience in itself. It, it was great. Uh, it must have just felt so badass to watch that, that you got like holding that bridge, that squad of, of Delta guys comes just barreling down the road. And you're just like, oh, we're not alone anymore. 
the dude was dressed in all black too, head to toe, popped out yep. from the tree, and it was just like we couldn't believe it. I was like, he's like, and his quote so funny. He's like, that's what I do. I just sit here and I wait. <laughs> like, that's what I do. Yeah, it was the laziest player like, on the planet. Yeah, the cartel did a great job, and one of the reasons that small force did such a good job is it was, as far as I know, it was a lot of the psyops guys. I know Lou Arthur was supposed to make it out, but didn't make it out. But just sort of that that sort of legend caliber of players that uh, okay. uh, you know we were up against, and it was just a great experience. So I'm definitely going next year. <laughs> definitely awesome. going. See, I went I went by myself last year and made the trek, and then I came back and I wouldn't shut the fuck up about the event for like the last eleven months. So I no, you really would to commit. <laughs> Managed to get Josh and Matt on board, and I mean, if we can get our own group of five or more, I mean, we can really make our own fire team and uh, really have the chance right. to. So, there. what did it cost you guys? Now, don't talk plane tickets because you get to cheat. <laughs> yeah, fair. Well, actually, is it appropriate to take this time to work out our uh, our financial owings there, Juno? <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I, I put the rental car on mine, two hundred bucks Canadian for Thursday to Sunday. All in, two hundred bucks, like taxes, everything. What we got two hotels that were like yeah. eighty bucks a night or seventy five US a night. So yeah. call it a hundred Canadian, forty dollars. Uh, sorry, actually sixty American gas. Yeah, sixty American in gas, eighty five for the event. And first strikes, a box. Of, I bought an extra thing of first strikes for eighty five bucks. Yeah. So I mean, on top of plane tickets, you're talking. I mean, split it up. Like, if you take the cars and the hotels, I mean, we each basically paid like 150 bucks, 200 bucks if you want to call it like all in for a hotel, uh, car, and gas. So, I mean, you put, you know, another 200 bucks for paint if you really wanted to go all out with first strikes. And a thousand dollars for Air Canada. <laughs> yeah. Uh, mine was my flight was uh, actually I, yeah I had a discount, but the trip for me ultimately was around 850. Yeah, see, that's the only, that's the killer, right? Like, especially here in Canada, we're just so, so horrible paying for uh, for plane tickets. Out the butts. Right? Now, I wonder how much of a cost to drive in North Carolina. So it was 23 hours, and uh, there's actually, I mean, even if you just made it out to Ontario, there's a group of guys who we uh, squatted up with and definitely can't uh, forget to bring them up, and that's the Commonwealth Expeditionary Force. They're a team that's got like hundreds, and I mean like hundreds of players from crazy amounts of countries. And anytime there's an event, we basically put it up, and a group of them makes it out to, I mean, you name it, and they're probably there for any large event. So we, they sort of, we were a fire team under their group. And uh, so, I mean, and they drive down from Ontario. So the main group is, you know, where, of course, you know, all the great fields and all that shit is in Ontario. So they, uh, they're based out of there. A guy named Dean White uh, is the uh, the head, and they just drive down from Ontario. So I mean, even if you could get with them, they rent vans, and they I mean they'll take anybody really that wants to come down. And uh, I mean, if you're in Ontario, I would definitely reach out to uh, him. And if you're anywhere else, I mean, it's a 23 hour drive from Halifax, but we flew from Halifax to Myrtle Beach and uh, drove up from there. It was awesome because we got a, a pretty good day in Myrtle Beach before we hit the field. So <laughs> nice. Yeah, I'm looking at it. it's a 13 and a half hour drive from Ottawa, Ontario to North Carolina. Yeah. So it's doable. Absolutely. Yeah, we did it. Well, yeah. road trips here, but I mean, I did. The, I do that to to visit family in Labrador. Okay. Actually, I do twice that to visit family in Labrador. So you know what? If you got yourself a van, everyone takes turns driving. You really are looking at a uh, 
a, a very very doable trip. Yeah, but what we discussed also is you wouldn't want a full car for a paintball trip, right? Like you've got all the gear, and then you've got oh, uh, the bo, and um, <laughs> we, we had a full van heading the PRZ. It worked out okay, I have to say. Not fair. Except you guys were like Tetris in. <laughs> it was cozy. My gun bag was a perfect pillow. Yeah. Yeah. I. I... I know what you mean by not having everyone crammed yeah, in. Yeah, it's, it's a flying line. You got to balance for sure. That's my personal opinion, yeah. anyways. Right, like, and you got to make sure it's good people. Because the last thing you want to do is be crammed into a van with people. That Very are, true. Like, yeah, these are nice people, and after twenty-five minutes into a fourteen-hour drive, you're like, "Oh God, what have yeah. I done?" <laughs> like, right. That's just it. And you're watching yeah. it secondhand on your watch for the next day. That's actually why Josh isn't on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Just having him on the plane. Yeah. One weekend with plenty. Yeah, we left him in the trenches. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Just he's still in North Carolina. He's walking. <laughs> it's a long respawn. <laughs> he got lost on respawn. We left him there. Yeah. Uh, now, uh, that's actually a really good time. I want to segue into uh, a topic that was brought up by one of our uh, avid listeners. His name is Tyler. Tyler uh, Muir. I think it's Muir. M-U-I-R. Muir. Yeah, Why not? Tyler, so. if I'm butchering your name, so what? What's the, what's the generated call sign? <laughs> oh, let's find out. Okay, we're going to do that right now. All right, let's I'm do it. Kidding. We are doing that uh, right now. Where is it? Okay, excuse the, the clickery-clacky of my keyboard. It's, uh, okay, hold on. We need to get sponsors uh, in on this so we can send people their new name tags as we get them to call sign. Oh, this is, I don't know if that's a good one. It's Lieutenant Tyler Muir. Muir. Oh, that's legit. <laughs> right. Let's do another one. Hold on, let's see if we can find Tyler a good one. Lieutenant Tyler Look Muir. Oh. Look or look? Look. Like, look over there. Yeah. <laughs> this is a fantastic website. <laughs> this links to a dictionary is what's going on. It's all it is. It's all it's doing. It's just linking to a dictionary. It's fantastic because it's like pulling up the most useless words. Lieutenant Tyler Singh. All right, that's enough of that. Uh, <laughs> oh, that is going to be a new part of the show, I think. I every guest. Issued call signs. Anyways, he was talking. He asked, uh, didn't ask. He actually gave us a bunch of topics, uh, or a bunch of tips on topics for, uh, you know, we're talking about going to a big game. We're talking about the cost and, and you know, it's not cheap to make these big trips. And, uh, so he came up with a couple of tips, a couple ideas, and I figure we chime in with our own. So he mentioned, uh, things like, uh, you see a lot of guys will, will dish out good money for a, uh, uh, what do you call it there? Equipment. Yes. But it goes on your back. A camel pack. Oh. There we go. Mm. No. Um, you know, he's like, He's like, it's just as easy if you take a wa- he takes a water bottle, right, uh, and puts it in his pod pack. So he's, one- he's minus a pod, but he gains a water bottle. Uh, and he just stuffs a straw in it so it can go up under his mask if he's on the field and he needs water. Right? There you go. Cheap and easy water. Um, and then he's talking about uh, a cheap go and go, uh, go on to the dollar store or whatever you have, whatever country you're in. If it's the Dollarama, the dollar store, the buck or two, whatever you want to call it. Uh, it says buy a cheap toque, right? Because if it's in, it's it's not going to do anything to keep you warm because it's a dollar store toque. Mm-hmm. You could probably see through it. 
he's just but in the summer he's like so cold water put it on your head and it's just it's totally refreshing it keeps you going it keeps you from overheating um and he says you know keep uh keep costs down he says skip out skip the 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 paintball pants the professional paintball pants he says go to walmart get some cargo pants because they cost nowhere near as much uh they're usually lighter and when you rip them you just throw them in the garbage because they probably only cost you 15 bucks Good points. Yeah. Right? I've seen people buy $200 paintball pants and the crotch rips out of them the first I've day. I've been that guy. It was a season, but yeah. <laughs> Either True. way, a season. They should last Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right? I mean, Not just absolutely. It's that corporate yeah. bullshit. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So that's a good way to cut costs, right? Save your pennies. And then you could take that money rather than buying a $200 pair of paintball pants, buy yourself a $15, $20 pair of cargo pants, and... Take that extra money and put it in the gas tank and go to a, go to a big event. Done, right? There you go. So let's go down the list. Let's start with uh, let's start with Guardian. What do you got for for a tip for going to a big game? Um, Cheap. Buy and sell used gear throughout the year and put that money in a piggy bank. Okay. <laughs> so, um, a second job. <laughs> All right. Carpooling with uh, teammates. If you don't know anyone that's going, still ask around. Um, I went to Wasaga Beach. I didn't know anyone going. I just posted on BSTs in different groups, and I eventually found someone to carpool with. So it saved me the car rental cost because I wasn't from the province and that kind of stuff. So, yeah, don't be afraid to ask other people. Yeah, because who did you carpool with? Uh, task Force Raiders. Yeah. Flag Raiders team. Yeah, wasn't it the guys from? Uh, I thought you carpool with the guys from behind the bunker. The, that's their team. Yeah. Oh, that's the name of their team. That shows how much I know. <laughs> well, that's fun. And you sat in the whole car. You had no idea who they were. Uh, pretty much. Well, the guy I, I was driving with wasn't actually from the uh, show, but when we got there, his buddy was. So. Um, and he even had the jersey on, and then that's when I asked. I was like, he looks familiar. He's that jersey. Uh, so, yeah, good time. That's funny. And then you got it going on the show. Lucky you. Uh, Matt, what do you got? What do you got for uh, travel achievement? Um, puppy dog eyes and ask mom. So, um, <laughs> no, just just uh, be proactive and plan. Know what you're getting into. Um, and, uh, yeah, just... Uh, don't procrastinate on these plans. Save, budget, do what you got to do. Absolutely, for sure. There's always bank loans, too. Yeah, that's bank. it. Right? Get a small loan. When they ask what it's for, you tell them, look, yeah. I want to buy a car. <laughs> As someone who does loan for the bank, that's all. <laughs> uh, I don't know if that works or not. I have no idea how bank loans work. Yeah, I've never heard yeah, it probably did. <laughs> What do you want to do? I want to travel across the country. What does it matter to you? Give me the money and I'll pay you back interest. Yeah. <laughs> That's all you need to know. I'm good for it, okay? <laughs> <laughs> right? God, my mom's here to coast. <laughs> Mom, come here. <laughs> I need a pen. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, and uh, Tuna, what do you got? And no, you can't say marry somebody who works in the <laughs> Yeah, that's exactly what I was doing. 
that is the okay, number one two. tip to get out to paintball games because I, okay. I feel like Peter Griffin up in here because I fucking fly whenever <laughs> if I you know it's, it's just great <laughs> it's about the best way to travel uh, but if you are not lucky enough to uh, marry a co-tenant uh, I, I would just say uh, you know what Matt touched on was good plan ahead you know like when you go for one of these trips, know what you know what you're able to spend, and don't go over it. You know, if you if you've only got so much, and that means that you can't get that extra bit of first strikes, and you have to shoot round ball, or you know, there's a cool upgrade because there's always vendors at the events that want to sell you shit. I know when we went to Fulcrum, I think our group of thirteen spent so much money at that Milsig booth buying radios, buying patches. That it's was, like we paid for their, you know, Christmas that year. I think that that was that was a, an eighty or ninety dollar purchase. I did not plan on happening. Oh yeah, <laughs> definitely. I bought a pro comp, the silver one, and it was like fifty bucks. And I mean, I love it, but I was like, yo, shit, you know, you add that in with the radio I bought and a few other things, and yeah, I'm still right. paying that trip off. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I remember that too because I was like, okay, if I count the pennies. If I find the quarters in the couch, I can make this trip. And then I get there, and I'm like, you have a credit card machine? Sweet. Schwing. <laughs> New radio. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, and I know uh, Josh fell victim to that this time and at Fulcrum as well. So, definitely, uh, yeah, definitely just be prepared. You know, don't spend more than you brought. You know, it's nice to go out there and have a good time. But to really have to be struggling when you get home is not fun. No. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, if the landlord is saying you owe rent, and you're like, well, I can yeah. show you the sweet radio I bought. <laughs> you can't pay with memories. Yeah, re- checks in the mail doesn't fly since, like, 1990s. So. <laughs> the checks in the mail. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, that doesn't work. Especially when my landlord lives above me. You'd be like, all right, just send me an email transfer, and I'll uh, cancel it out. Just dialing up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let me... Uh, let me plug in the 56k modem. <laughs> we'll get there. I guarantee you, half the people listening to this are too young to know what 50k mo- or 56k modem is. Oh man! Or to know what it was like to live with that. Yeah. Oh yeah. god! That right when the computer sang you its song of the people. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or when you get yelled at, get off the computer! I need to call somebody. But mom, I just loaded. Yeah. Another tip I thought of for traveling cheap. We uh we did a group hotel booking, which was you know it was okay for PRZ. We get a deal, but um if you use Booking dot com, they legitimately have way better prices than like yep. anywhere else that I found. Yep. So um, uh, check them out for your next trip. Speaking of speaking of yeah, booking. on like the opposite note of plan ahead, it's kind of what I recommend as well. Like we didn't book a hotel until we were like two hours away from needing it. And then just pulled out one of the Priceline or Hotwire or whatever yeah. apps that lets you just be yeah. like, yo, I need a place in this area. We don't really care whether it's this hotel or that one, but we want to pay this price. And I mean, that's, we managed to get two hotels. <laughs> one was a, a little below our expectations, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. guys with gear and you're expecting two double beds and a sofa and you find one queen bed. And no sofa. Yeah, that's the thing. Like when, when this trip is different than other trips because this was a trip within a trip, right? We flew and then we drove. So the the more things you use, you know, you slate and concrete as you know, rentals, hotels, things get confusing. So I, I did enjoy what we did, you know, kind of on the fly booking when it came like that. But uh, yeah, it's just I know. Uh, 
I can I can talk from experience on that. I I remember I wanted to uh, I want, I booked a hotel. I called them up and I was like, okay, this is the hotel room I want. And they're like, that'll be three hundred dollars. Like, ah, never mind. So the next morning, just the next day, I wake up and I was like, I wonder. And I load up, I don't know what it is, like hotels.com or something, right? Same exact hotel room for like a hundred and twenty bucks. Yeah. If I booked that day, because right, hotels don't make money if you're not in the room. Yeah. So they'll make you a deal. And they're not letting staff go in the morning and not clean or bring in different amounts of people because you weren't there. So their costs are like exactly the same. So they might as well. Right. Exactly. That's kind of my travel method is to always book the hotel at the last minute and just like roll into town, pick a neighborhood, go from there. And yeah, you definitely can play the one. Those make for the best stories. One challenge with that. We actually went to, uh, we did a trip down the mountain once. We're staying overnight. And they had some kind of conference in. We checked four hotels, and they were legitimately all booked. So we ended up just sleeping in our car. But, um, yeah. <laughs> that, that is also an option. You don't be afraid to yeah. sleep in your car. And it's also the most economic. It's true. Yeah. As long as it's not, like, minus 30 out or something, you know, that's not the greatest thing to do. But, you know, things can happen. Um, okay, cool. So... All great options. All great ideas. Uh, the biggest thing, though, is planning. Plan, 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 plan. Um, if you can book early and get a, like, a, uh, if you can register early and get, like, an early bird special with the field, do it. Don't question it. Just do it. Um, if you can, and, but the hotels, be fluid. Be, you know, be willing to, to cancel a reservation one place to get a cheaper one somewhere else. Just do it. Now, that being said, I'm actually going to a big game in Ottawa that we're actually paying more for a hotel uh, than what we had originally planned because we, uh, unfortunately, the people who, who planned it have never been to Ottawa. And for anyone who's wondering, Ottawa is the capital of Canada. Uh, it's kind of a big city, kind of an important place. So they're, uh, the field we're going to is Commando Paintball in Ottawa. And, and I was like, so where's the hotel? They're like, oh, it's a 30-minute drive away. I said, okay, what do you mean by 30 minutes? Where exactly is it? They said, well, it's in a place called Nepean. I said, I know where Nepean is, and it might be a 30-minute drive if the road is empty. I said, I can guarantee you Ottawa on a Saturday, the roads aren't empty. You're looking at an hour's drive. Easy. With traffic. Traffic jams. Uh, on top of that, <laughs> there's a marathon in Ottawa that weekend. So they're shutting down random roads. So I, I end up booking it. We're paying like $30 more a night to be in a hotel across the road from the field. <laughs> hey, convenience is worth it sometimes. Absolutely. Because if you've ever been into a big city, you know that when somebody tells you, oh, it's a 30-minute drive. No, it's not. Don't trust it. So, um, quick shout-out. I want to shout-out to, uh, to the players and the field. Uh, it was SNL, right? Yep. SNL hosted paintball kids. Yeah. Uh, so they had their big charity game. We don't know how much they raised, but we know that it was a really successful event. Uh, I believe you guys were there. Early yeah, I was helping time. staff it. We had uh, just over 90 people this year, which was pretty awesome. Fantastic. Now, there's a registration uh, yep. fee, right? What's the registration fee? Uh, I want to say 20 Yeah, I think it was $20. Okay, cool. So that's at least $1,800. Yeah. Right, it's twenty six hundred or in that ballpark. So if it was similar numbers, I, I would imagine it would be in a, a you know, 
Yeah, so we're looking at between twenty five and uh, and three thousand yeah. dollars. And they did some uh, race for like uh, ticket sales, fifty fifty draws. The field actually donated the uh, profits from the paint also, which is pretty awesome. Wow, that's so, cool. That is fantastic. Yeah. Uh, that's really cool. Definitely looking forward to getting back for uh, SNL's anniversary game. He, uh, he definitely puts in some of the most work into his field for the Maritimes. Um, lately, anyway, it's, it's looking awesome. And, uh, yeah, he didn't see any of the profit from the, uh, the charity game, so we're hoping to help support the field. The game's coming up July, I believe, July 20th or something like that. I'll have to double check. Very cool. I'm hoping to make it to that, but I doubt it'll happen. But we'll try. Um so really cool. It was a paintball for kids. It goes towards the uh uh IWK. Thank you. The children's hospital here in the Maritimes, which uh I don't think I don't think I know anybody who doesn't know somebody who had to use that hospital. Yeah. Uh, like we're talking about a hospital that is equipped to handle like surgery on newborn premature infants like this place is amazing. It's, the equipment they have is sci-fi. It's what you call a tertiary center. It's the last, the last resort. You know, the main hub. <laughs> right, and, and these people are like the kind of hospital that a normal day for them is is a kid being airlifted in for emergency surgery. That's a normal day for them. Yeah. Like these people are amazing. I can only imagine the stress that some of these people have, though. I've, I've taken children in as a, as a medic in emergency situations. Man, the composure that the staff have there is just phenomenal. Right, it's absolutely amazing. And uh, so there, that money goes to them, which is an amazing cause. Because, uh, yes, it's a hospital, and yes, in Canada we have free healthcare. Uh, but the free healthcare only goes so far. These hospitals really do need the extra money, because some of these machines... Uh, you know, you go into an operating room and you see like this tiny little box that beeps. That little beeping machine probably cost a hundred grand. Yeah. Right? If not more. So these hospitals really do need the money and, and they're definitely worth the cost. So I was really hoping to make it to that event. I couldn't, but I'm glad they had a really good turnout. I'm glad they raised some money. Um Sorry, I lost my train of thought there. Where was I going with this? Charity. Charity stuff. I can't remember. Anyways, really great cause. Absolutely fantastic. Our buddy Nightmare and uh, MCS, they donated a Bolt MegFed marker kit. And uh, it was actually a brand new player. or He's pretty new anyway. Um, he just come out. He actually came out with Nightmare. So it's funny that he ended up winning it. So it was kind of cool. That's good to hear. I can't <laughs> no, yeah, we're all giving him a hard time about that, but. <laughs> nice. I remember the Good. time you guys were trying to I think was it the Cowboys event you guys were trying to give away a Maritime Nilsen podcast we all kept winning it <laughs> we all kept winning it and then when someone else finally won it he was the dude who made the shirt from the vinyl design yeah. <laughs> <laughs> finally like someone just take this yeah. shirt how <laughs> did you take the damn shirt Okay, now speaking of other games, I gotta talk because we're gonna we're gonna wrap this up. I think we're gonna bring this to an end. But before we go, I want to talk about uh, the upcoming game, which is the the, the D Day Challenge, the Tipman D Day Challenge, uh, being held at Commando Paintball in Ottawa. Uh, two day event, right? Two days. So it's June eleventh to June twelfth. Uh, June eleventh is uh, uh, there's gonna be game all day, and then afterwards there's a meet and greet, 
and then dinner. And, and you got to pay for your own dinner though. And, and then there's a big ass party, like bonfires, DJs, gonna be a good time. Everything except uh, bikini girls. And that's a different cha- that's a different episode. We'll get on that. <laughs> Uh, and then the second day is uh, is going to be just like, is the main event, the big game, and then uh, and then everybody goes to hell home. But what's going to be really cool is uh, one, I'm doing a live podcast there. I'll be uh, teaming up with uh, nice. Reaper, David Justin Reaper, or David Reaper Justin. Uh, that's going to be really cool. We're going to be doing it uh, live through his radio station, uh, live Facebook. Or Facebook Live, or whatever you call it. Uh, we're going to be interviewing. Get this, okay? So here's everyone that's going. All the big names. Everyone matters. All the players matter. Trust me. But these are the ones that I know their names. So we're going to have Wolf, right? So he brings enough personality by himself. Uh, Alabaster Slim, good guy. Uh, Aztec, the uh, the crazy Quebecer with the uh, ridiculous suit of armor. Uh, who else? Craig. <laughs> yeah, and Greg Hastings. She's the, the legend himself. <laughs> the legend, the Wayne Gretzky of paintball. You know, uh, the dude that's been working on a video game that I'm very excited to play. Uh, Dreadcam is going to be there. He's a, he's a kid out of Ontario. He's been doing uh, some pretty nice videos. Yeah, nice, nice shout out to Dread. He, I finally got a chance to play with him on the field out at uh, PRZ uh, for Fight for Asylum, and we had a great time hitting the field together. He's an awesome dude. Definitely recommend his, uh, his videos. Excellent. And we've got uh, George is going to be there. George from uh, Unanistan 3D Print Cut is going to be out there. So it's just like we're going to be sitting down with all of them. Like we're going to talk to everybody. We're going to do some quick interviews. Um, and, and I'm really looking forward to it. So if uh, if you're not already going, go to their website. Just look up Commando Paintball uh, in Google and, uh, and register. And it's going to be a hell of an event. Right. Huge field, can't wait. Uh, they've they've built a bunch of new structures, and it sounds like it's going to be a hell of a time. Nice. So excited! Awesome, <laughs> <laughs> right? Ask your parents. Uh, Reaper's doing his his Tipman pistol challenge, which uh, I don't really know how that works, but I'm sure it'll be great. And I plan to shoot him out, <laughs> even if that means I have to cheat. <laughs> ooh, don't ooh. <laughs> No, it's uh, from what I understand is it's basically like uh, a duel. It's just you both stand there and you point and shoot yeah. and whoever gets hit. The old yeah. Western duel. Yeah, the take back to back five steps turning. Yeah, I think I've seen it. There better be a tumbleweed. Yeah, I I will bring a tumbleweed. <laughs> and, oh my god, the list of items that people want to bring to uh, to David because he's an American. He's from Cal- He's not just an American. He's from California. Um. Like <laughs> there's maple syrup, uh, caramel ganache, like the the spread that's really popular in, in uh, French Canadians. Uh, <laughs> Kinder surprise <laughs> eggs, Joe Louis, uh, Smarties, because I guess don't have Smarties in the no. states. Yeah, we tried the weird Smarties. <laughs> so they weren't too smart. No, there's just like a bunch of stuff coming for it. It's hilarious how many people are excited to. This guy. We did the opposite when we were there. We, what we didn't budget into is that we each probably spent like thirty dollars each on weird gas station snacks <laughs> trip of stuff we did before, like Snickers crisper and like just wait, what's a Snickers crisper? It's like a crisper. It's like a Snickers bar, but it had the uh, 
what is it like uh, what's that called like the crunch bar that like rice stuff in it so like crispy like I don't know there was really like oh man we got like an, oh I had my first Twinkie while I was down there I did I had my first Twinkie by the way, don't put one of those in your pocket and play paintball for the day because <laughs> Josh pulled one out of his pocket after playing for the day and it was like a two-dimensional mush of like... Twin cake. Yeah, um, exactly. Like someone, someone put that in like the hydraulic press channel right there. Right? So. <laughs> He's going to drive the NPCs with it. <laughs> Just, yeah, yeah, use it like a... Eat it like a like yogurt or something like that. That's what it basically looked like. It was, yeah, so... Well, I, I had a good experience. I don't think Josh had the best with that Twinkie there. <laughs> I didn't know you could have a bad experience with a Twinkie. Okay, then. We've learned something. So, <laughs> on that note. <laughs> on that bombshell. We're, uh, guys, thanks for thanks for coming on and chatting. Oh, no problem. Thanks for having me. Oh, it's been a pleasure. Uh, and, uh, and Guardian, thanks for, for hanging out. You're welcome, <laughs> Guardian. <laughs> Oh, oh yeah. Uh, I was answering a Facebook message from one of our listeners. Thanks very much. Priorities, man. Priorities. Priorities, right? You can ignore them. Jason says, uh, leave him wanting more. He wants to show Got to teach this guy everything. All right. And to everyone who's downloading and streaming, uh, you know, huge thank you for, for, you know, at the very least downloading. Whether you're listening to it or not, it doesn't really matter. As long as you're downloading it, I'm happy. And, uh, Until next week, everyone, cheers. Peace.